0: Welcome to the PIO Podcast, a forum for all things public information related for police, fire, EMS, and local government. A place to grow and develop your public information skills. I am your host, Robert Tournaveni. I have over 11 years of experience as a PIO and 27 years as a law enforcement officer. I am proud to announce that we have partnered with the PIO Toolkit expand and grow the podcast thank you to christine townsend and law publications for this amazing opportunity to contact the show email robert at piotoolkit.com we need your feedback on how we're doing please rate us on whatever platform you listen or send us a review via email Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the latest episodes. Thank you for listening. Sit back and enjoy the next episode. Good afternoon. Today on the PIO podcast, we have Mickey Troost. She's a strategic communications director for the Colorado Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management. Mickey, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me today.
0: So how long have you been the Strategic Communications Director?
1: So I've worked for the state for a little over 10 years, and I spent my first nine years as a PIO working for a local fire district.
0: And so what is the responsibilities of the Strategic Communications Director's position?
1: Uh, So like a lot of public information officers, I do internal communications and external communications. a lot of my job is focused on the external side with social media management, website content, um, mobile app management, media relations. Um, for this specific job, uh, what my what I focus on is being the lead public information officer in the state emergency operations center. And really that piece is coordinating all of the different state agencies that might be involved in a disaster um, and hopefully supporting our local public information officers so that we stay coordinated and that we provide them the support they need
0: okay great and so how big is the communications department in in the state department of security homeland security and emergency management
1: uh it's just me it's just you wow
0: (laughs) that's amazing just one person that's amazing that's a lot of work that you have to do then
1: It is, but you have to remember that when we activate for an emergency, uh, one of the first things we evaluate is are we um, standing up a formal Joint Information Center and bringing in the other 26 agency PIOs um, who might be involved in a disaster, um, or are we staying in an informal Uh, remote-only support to our local jurisdiction. So it can be uh, two state agencies involved, or it can be like COVID, where all 26 state agencies had a piece of it.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that works. That's understandable now. So there's a lot of coordinating. There's a lot of joint coordination that's going on.
1: Absolutely. And uh, so in the state of Colorado, we're a home rule state. So our local jurisdiction is the lead on the messaging. It's their disaster. Uh, So our role is really to become integrated and support those local public information uh, needs uh, and to make sure that we stay coordinated with uh, what they have going out the door.
0: Excellent. I'm gonna talk about forest fires because it seems like it's a never ending cycle. And since you're a state agency communications director, what is your role in addressing forest fires?
1: Uh, So when we activate for a wildfire, My part of that is to support the non-operational piece of the fire. So the state fire prevention and control agency is in charge of supporting fire operations. And then emergency management supports everything else of the con, con uh, con uh, sorry, Um, all the rest of it. Um, So we're looking at sheltering, evacuations, uh, mass care and feeding, donations management, and then eventually re-entry into the site, um, and then uh, looking at securing the resources that the local jurisdiction needs. So the people, the equipment, and then also okay the funding. So
0: there's a lot of moving parts with that then, uh, obviously, because there it becomes, I didn't realize that it became such a, a, a monumental task, because you think about the just the disaster part, nobody thinks of the after and and, uh, the tertiary things that come with it.
1: Right. You know, we're still recovering from the 2013 floods here in Colorado. So um, we expect the Marshall Fire uh, that we will still be working on recovery for uh, five to 10 years. Uh, So the response uh, is unfortunately the faster part of the process. And then uh, someone has to coordinate the the ultimate recovery so that um, people can go back and have, um, they're not gonna get back to what they were before the disaster, but they need to get back to a resilient um, and um, good community for them to live in.
0: So I'm gonna kind of change this away from what my original question was. What challenges might occur in messaging for a state agency during a disaster?
1: Uh, The number one challenge is just uh, knowing exactly what's happening. Uh, in the local jurisdiction. So having that timely information and those updates uh, and the way that uh, we stay in contact with the local jurisdiction is to be part of their PIO teams or their JICs. And so in Colorado, I do that with several of our counties through mobile apps like WhatsApp or GroupMe or Microsoft Teams. Um, So I'm part of that team uh, when they stand up. And then the other side of that is that the state of Colorado has what we call field managers who go out to the local emergency operations center. uh, And our field manager gives me real-time updates as well. Uh, And he lets me know uh, what kind of PIO support uh, the county or the local jurisdiction needs.
0: And then you obviously you coordinate all that as it rolls downhill then.
1: Yes. So I'll stay and be that liaison to the uh, county PIOs back to the state of Colorado level PIOs to the governor's office um, so that we are saying the right thing uh, and that we are staying on point and not uh, causing confusion.
0: And, and I can see where, you know, you look at the, the, the confusion that came out of COVID and the, the messaging now in the last, I don't know, maybe the last five or six weeks where there's been, uh, you know, a give and take just with messaging from one side saying they want this, but yet, uh, you know, that they want, a, they want a rollback of masks and now there's other, it's very confusing. And I, I know that for the general public that becomes hard and during a crisis, you really have to be on point with messaging and very specific.
1: We do. And we want to make sure that, um, we are in line with the messaging from the local jurisdiction uh, because if we aren't, then um, people start looking for uh, why there's a difference. And our goal is to get them the information as fast as possible to help them start recovery as, as soon as possible. Uh, you know, in the state emergency operations center, we start recovery efforts within the first 24 hours. Uh, and so we're kind of a, Dual-hatted with response and recovery, uh, but that all uh, means that we have to stay coordinated with that local message uh, so that people can go down the right path. Okay.
0: And so you said you're, you guys are using different apps. So obviously, uh, you, you said like WhatsApp for commu- for communication, so everybody sees what's going on. Are there like other apps that you're using? Um, um, uh, Like Hootsuite or or things like that, or or are they proprietary to Homeland Security?
1: Uh, So for communication to uh, local public information teams, they all decide what their teams want to use. And then I join them. So in Colorado, um, those local teams have lots of different apps that they want to use. Uh, It's my job to make sure that I'm tied in with them before the disaster hits. So they uh, may use Microsoft Teams or a Google platform or GroupMe. Uh, And so we use those uh, during blue sky days um, and disasters so that uh, we know how to communicate with each other and what to expect uh, when we need to start helping the community.
0: So from a a public information officer's standpoint, how are you handling self-care when there's a 24-hour news cycle of things that you've got to put out during a disaster?
1: (laughs) Um, So my answer to this probably is I am doing a really bad job at (laughs) self-care, but I think that uh, one way that I can, uh, and I do uh, kind of set myself up for success in the long run is that we've, push proactive messaging so we are getting as much information out the door being as transparent as possible um, so that the information is publicly available and people don't have to hunt it down so we want to make sure that they have it they don't have to call us in the middle of the night to try and track down the answer to the questions
0: and you said you you were a fireside PIO before you went into the strategic communications director's position
1: Yes, I worked for a fire agency, uh, and I actually work for South Metro Fire uh, here and there on the weekends to help out their team. Um, I think it's one of the best jobs there is. Were you,
0: were you a were you a journalism major, or was it just you just got ended in up into the field?
1: No, I'm a communications major, and uh, I really wanted to be a public information officer and. Uh, the local fire district had an opening that was part-time, and I took that as a chance to get in the door and then was lucky enough to get mentored um, by a really great um, PIO for uh, that fire district and spent uh, nine years there uh, and then joined the state uh, almost 11 years okay. ago.
0: So you, you have been in the field for quite a while. What advice would you have for somebody that wants to get into this field? You obviously, you had a desire to be a PIO. There are others out there that want to do the same thing. What advice would you have from your experience background to to tell someone how to get involved?
1: A lot of it is relationship building. Uh, So um, offer to help people. And uh, sometimes you're going to have to kind of take a leap of faith and uh, just get your foot in the door. Uh, And then show that you're a a great, uh, a great support to that team uh, and soak in everything that you can. Um, You know, things are changing much faster now than they were when I started almost 20 years ago. Um, But even then, any opportunity, every training that I had a chance to take, uh, I participated so that uh, I'd have that background and that knowledge And it would help me better explain what was going on for my agency.
0: Excellent. So what other training somebody should be looking out for? And then, you know, where do you you guys look for from the state agency perspective, or I should say at your level, where are you looking for training? Uh,
1: So we do provide and follow the the FEMA public information uh, training schedule. So you have that basic PIO Training uh, The advanced training back at Emmitsburg and the master PIO course. Um, so I have done all those. I'm a master PIO, um, but it doesn't stop there. Um, you know, there are any social media training that you can get your hands on. I would take that. Uh, there's lots of good courses through the National um, Disaster Preparedness Center. Uh, a lot of local agencies um, or PIO groups offer them and bring in trainers Um, in the state of Colorado, we have the emergency services PIOs um, of Colorado, and we host those monthly trainings. Um, So I highly recommend finding your local and state PIO groups. And again, taking advantage of any of those hands-on opportunities.
0: Great. And I'm going to ask this up kind of, I should ask this question before it's kind of backwards. What social media platforms are you guys using at the state level?
1: So at the state level, we use uh, Twitter as our first um, platform to push information out as it's occurring, Facebook, uh, Instagram. uh, And then we do have uh, a growing suite of mobile apps that we use um, as well.
0: And by mobile apps, which ones are those... uh, can you give it an example?
1: Um, so they are created for uh, the state of Colorado's Emergency Management Office. So there's uh, a co-emergency app and it has preparedness information, how to communicate um, with accessibility in mind so that you're accessible and inclusive. Uh, and then we host uh, several conferences and training opportunities. And so uh, we have some apps so that people can get all of that information Uh, And it's accessible uh, for their needs.
0: Okay, great. All right. So let me lighten this up a little bit. I'm going to go to um, some rapid fire questions. All right. (laughs) All right. uh, Chocolate or vanilla? Uh, Chocolate. (laughs) What do you do to relax and disconnect?
1: Uh, We have some property that's outside of Denver and uh, I go there and it's, it's very quiet. Can see all the stars. That's the best place to go.
0: What's a must read book in your mind?
1: Uh, a book that I got many years ago, um, and it's going to sound kind of heavy, but it's called the worst is over and it's how to talk to people, um, and help promote healing kind of that verbal first aid. And it's been one of uh, the most useful books I've ever read.
0: Oh, excellent. I'll have to take a look at it. If you could go back in time and give your 18 year old self advice, what would it be?
1: Uh, I think it would be uh, not to worry so much about uh, being getting the high grades and uh, spending so much time on school assignments and all that stuff, to enjoy life a little more.
0: <laughs> I like that. Favorite drink of choice.
1: Um, a latte. Start every morning with a hot coffee. There you go. <laughs> and if
0: you could get a superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, if I, this one is, I think the hardest, um, <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, something that would help me be more patient. Uh, oh, another you know, one. as, as we deal with all of these time sensitive issues and, uh, try and solve problems on the go, uh, I probably could use a little bit uh, I more think, patience. I think the entire
0: <laughs> world could use more patience. Yes, I agree. Mickey, final thoughts, anything you'd like to add?
1: You know, um, one of the biggest things that I'm focused on right now is just reminding folks that uh, if people can't understand us, uh, we aren't doing a good job with our messaging. So really to make sure that we're just using that plain language and painting a picture for folks. Um, They need us when everything's going wrong in their lives on that one day or that week. Uh, So really don't worry about uh, all the complicated background of it. Uh, Use that plain language and make sure they just know where they can get help and that we are here and uh, that they can trust Trust us when we push out information.
0: Oh, excellent. And how can people best reach out to you if they want to learn more or connect?
1: Uh, The fastest way to reach me is actually on my personal Twitter account, which is at PIO3Mickey. And uh, I am on their way too much, but uh, (laughs) I am happy to respond to posts or direct messages.
0: And I will add that all into the show notes. All right. Mickey, thank you for coming on the show
1: thank you for
0: the invite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the latest episode. If you are listening on a platform that allows reviews, please give us a review. We appreciate any review, good or bad. It helps us improve on each episode. Until next time, be safe.